You're listening to Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer, with hosts Tom and Kate. Tom Gallego, author and creative director of award-winning digital agency L7 Creative, and Kate Hauser, his incredibly witty, social media-obsessed millennial co-host also of L7 Creative. Join Tom and Kate every other week as they discuss and debate topics around how modern marketers can thrive in the ever-changing and often intimidating landscape of digital marketing. Your survival guide begins now. Welcome back to episode two of Adapt and Thrive. I'm Kate Hauser. I'm Tom Gallego. And today we are super excited because it is our first guest appearance on our podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Eric Yoon. Eric is a rare combination of technological mind, international marketing enthusiast, and big picture thinker with a passion for marrying technology and digital marketing to help brands excel. He has 20 years of experience as a software engineer and is currently co-founder and CEO of Nalara, a boutique technology management and medical research consultancy. And more importantly, he is also L7 Creative's fractional CTO. Thank you, Eric, for being here with us today. All right. Thank you for that <laughs> warm welcome. He's also a futurist. And great to be here with you, Kate and Tom. Eric, in here in spirit, yes. We're in Carlsbad, and Eric is coming from, uh, I guess, recording from Sweden. Marmo, Sweden. Yes. All right. Marmo, Sweden. And, and we're going to talk about two things today. Can tech change brands, and can tech, can brands change tech? Can tech change brands, and can brands change tech? Boy, uh, that, uh, that'll be an interesting conversation. And, and Eric, you were telling us earlier that you, in college... Uh, I wasn't sure, you know, if you would maybe how high you were, but maybe not knowing you, <laughs> you, you and your, your, uh, college buddy. I, I, I wasn't living in California by then. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> actually, actually, I, actually, Tom, I, I have to correct myself on that. I was living in the Netherlands. So, oh. yeah, you, you, so you, you probably were, you probably were high then. <laughs> well, you, you, you came up with a thesis of what what's going to happen from, from a technological standpoint in the future products. And you, you had a really, that was a really cool uh, vision you had with a mirror that would kind of tell, and I'll let you tell it, but it, it, my impression of it was it would, it would tell your, your, your physical condition, maybe your pulse, give you uh, health kind of information. Was that, was that kind of the vision? Yeah, I think we just to, to, for the record, you know, this was uh, 17 years ago, I think 17 or 18 years ago. It was on my thesis and the professor asked us to be, to be able to do what we wanted to do was code and build some hardware. We had to write about some futuristic uh, potentials for this software and hardware. Uh, and we started thinking, and this was like pre-IoT, pre-AI, pre-data, pre-everything that we have today, even, you know, pre-the pre iPhone. And uh, we were sitting there, my, my college friend and I, and I brainstorming, and what can we do to make the professor happy so we can move over and start coding and building hardware? So we wrote about connected toothbrushes. We wrote about the smart mirror in your bathroom. That would just like you said have you know some camera and some sensors and at the time you know the sensors that we have in our cell phones today didn't even you know barely exist right they only existed in huge expensive military industrial grade um 
sort of equipment. Uh, now they're in like any day-to-day devices. So uh, it's funny to bring that report back out, which I thought at the time was a piece of crap, and read of it today. And, you know, actually, most of those projects do exist in one way or the other. Maybe, you know, we weren't 100% accurate, but uh, there are definitely some embryos of um, what, what's products on the shelf today or what everybody's kind of wearing, like, you know, wearable tech band, uh, sort of fit band and, and stuff like that. So kind of interesting yeah that's interesting yeah you guys like manifested things that are now happening (laughs) (laughs) it was pure luck i would say so from the from the early days you know i remember and it was was telling you guys in our pre-production meeting 2004 april um crispin porter bogoski historic you know kind of famed uh creative agency worked with the barbarian group and, and and launched the subservient chicken really to tell the world about to, to have it your way, you know, how you could have it your way at Burger King. And it was, it was very new and interesting and goofy and uh, fun. And it just took, it really took the internet by storm where you could go onto a website and see a goofy guy in a chicken outfit and, and, and just type in different commands and he would do them on command and that was cool in 2004. You know, nobody had ever seen that before. You know, fast forward to today, it's it's more much more complex, much more. It's it's different today. It's more more technical on how tech can change brands and also how brands can ta- change tech. And um, so we just want to kind of noodle through this a little bit with our the smartest people in the room, which is Kate. <laughs> and Eric, I, I'm just going to kind of keep try and keep up here with, oh. these, with these two. Wait, so the chicken, was this an ad by Burger King? It was Burger King ad, and it was everywhere. And then it would advertise the website, which was the subservient, I think it was subservientchicken.com or, so, or just something. Just like a like guy that. in a chicken costume? Was, this, was it live? Well, that's the thing. Everybody thought it was live, but... It really wasn't live. It was it was just a bunch of pre-recorded commands. It looked like you were actually asking this guy to do things live. And of course, if you're like most, you know, uh, call you know their t- age demographic is college male, you know, high school, you know, males. And whatnot. You're gonna have the subservient chicken do something disgusting, you know. <laughs> and then he would just wave his, you know, when you asked that, he would just wave his. Um, his, his wing at you and say, no, 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 you know, basically. And uh, you go on with uh, the next command. You know, you, you know, Tom, it's funny you bring up this story because, you know, the, the, the question we had was, can tech change brands, right? And may, maybe not brands in this case because it's not Burger King, but I saw a documentary uh, recently here on, on, on TV, which uh, using the same technology, but, uh, you know, AKA 2020, version of the technology to do similar stuff, but for a totally different purpose. So they they literally take your the old folks of your family, your grandparents uh, and your close ones, and they record them in different settings. And then they have technology can rebuild uh, a hologram of that person. So sort of, sort of a 3D um, rendering of the person including an AI that puts together various different pieces of what they've recorded. So you can actually have 
somewhat close to live conversation with people that no longer are with us. Uh, and they do that for a historical purpose. So for instance, they're, they're doing this with a bunch of uh, Jewish people that survived the Holocaust. So they can sit there and tell their stories, but it's not just you know a movie clip, it's AI and, and it, it's 3D graphics. So literally you can sit and have a conversation and ask specific questions and the AI and the technology will make so that the person responds uh, based on what they recorded and pre record So very similar to, to your Burger King chicken wow. for a little bit of a better purpose, I would say. And yeah. with modern technology, AK 2020, and it, it's, it was pretty interesting documentary. But, you know, talking about tech can change brands, right? Tech can change what we want to do here. So, um, so KFC not... could, could conjure up Colonel Sanders, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you can sit and talk to him directly when you order. You don't, you know, maybe, hey, we're on something here, Tom, right? right. So, soon you won't have any, any cashiers anymore. It will just be Colonel Sanders everywhere you're talking to. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool technology. I feel like I would have that for my grandmother and she would just be yelling at me to put more clothes on because that's all <laughs> she ever said to me. <laughs> And you dress pretty conservative. Well, Kate. I'm in the office, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, don't look at my Instagram. <laughs> you love iconic uh, sunglass um, company because really, there's no separating the the technical experience of being able to try sunglasses on in a in a internet environment, you know, versus buying. I mean, really, that's other than that. That's kind of the one thing you can attach to that brand, but but they look to be a very great brand that has taken tech and, and really punched it up quite a bit to really have it define who they are. Tell us about that, Kate. Yeah, so Iconic is basically like an online store where you can buy sunglasses or reading glasses, and I love sunglasses. Fortunately, I don't need reading glasses because I have perfect vision, um, but <laughs> I do need sunglasses. Um, and what's wait, cool wait is, are you a hipster? Like you just want the the no prescription I, I glasses? I do try to use. Well, I try to use blue light glasses from looking at my screen all day. Um, just an excuse to wear glasses. Yeah, right? just look cool. Okay. Um, I've gone through my hipster phase for sure. <laughs> but what's cool about the website is you can virtually try on the sunglasses or the glasses. So if you're like looking at your computer, your camera will like scan your face so you can see what they would look like on your face since it's such a hard thing to buy online because you can't try them on obviously from home. So I think this is a really cool example of the relationship between like a brand and tech because if I was on their marketing team, I wouldn't just think, okay, we should market that we have sunglasses and glasses. Like there's so many websites that offer that. I would lean so far into the fact that you can virtually try them on. So yeah. it makes me think like, was that a, a case where did that brand come up with that tech or did they come up with the tech and then decide we're going to launch a sunglass company to go along with it? That could be the case in, in, in which case, Eric, like you could come up with your like cool health mirror and that could actually be the brand, you know, you driving tech, driving product design and branding. That would be, that would be yeah. cool. Right. I think it's, um, yeah, no, I think it's really cool. I, I think though, it's the, the probabilities are lower, uh, right. versus if you do it hand in hand and jointly, what do you think, uh, which I think it, well, I was going to say, maybe that's what happened with Uber, right? You know, cause yeah. 
Because when I saw 50, the, the highest leveraged, the highest uh, in, uh, venture capital, capitalized, if that's a word, company in the world at the time, and I'm sure it still is, Uber, it got up to $55 billion in investment capital before they went IPO, which is, I guess, is another story of how that was a disaster potentially there. But really, without, without the app, Uber's nothing, right? It's a bunch of people driving around in cars wanting to give people rides. They used to do that. The, you know, the fr- first Uber, example of Uber, it was how I got to Canada when I was <sighs> 18. Wow. My thumb. Just stuck oh. it out with a buddy of mine, and we hitchhiked yep. to Canada. That was the first case of low-tech Uber, right? Yeah. Yeah, and remember, you know, in the early days of Uber, Uber as a company, when they had these huge evaluations, they had no assets. They didn't own anything. They didn't have any employees. They were just basically an app uh, and a marketplace for connecting a need with uh, with somebody who could fulfill that need, right? Uh, Then, obviously, Uber evolved and regulation came into play and, you know, they're flying cars and... uh, and self-driving cars and all that stuff. But in the early days of Uber, it was literally just a simple marketplace that had global span, right? And which was the beauty of the simplicity of it, right? The tech per se wasn't very advanced. You know, you needed an app, you need a web page and a little bit of a backend to tie it all together. The challenge came when it started to scale, right? Um, it's, it's a really interesting story. Well, how cool is that to see your Uber driver, he's like half a mile away. He just turned the corner. Now he's almost around the corner. Now he's out front. Better grab our bags and go. Yeah, That's just like magical, right? Yeah, definitely. But it's so I, mundane. It's just so basic. It was so something basic. new, right? Right. Yeah. It was something new. It was something to, to latch on to from, a, you know, both branding and, and user experience and, and a marketing perspective. It, it wasn't it was a subservient chicken. It wasn't a dude in a chicken outfit, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> it, it was, it was. It was revolutionary for the time, right? Uh, and now you just kind of take it for granted, right? So all your normal cab companies, you know, they need to provide you with, you know, an EPA or where they are when they're arriving and so on. They can't just show up, you know, um, and call you and ask you, where are you at? Right. right. It's right. interesting how that leads me leads me into, you know, a story I have, Tom, um, where really, you know, tech didn't change the brand, but it enabled the brand to take a different direction. A couple of years ago, you know, a company I, I worked for, um, we were focused on uh, building IoT products and it was in the early day of IoT. And we were kind of a full stack development for IoT, which meant we could do we didn't do hardware, but we, we did software at, you know, starting from the hardware all the way up to the user interface and the user experience. Um, so we're kind of a full house for building IoT products. And we're working with um, a, a very well-known company that builds irrigation systems and irrigation controllers. And we were brainstorming with them because, you know, they picked up on, on this new trend and uh, some demands and some customer service they done that, you know, they uh, asked that, you know, can your products be connected? And the, the, the folks we were working with, you know, good people, good engineers, good product developers, good marketers, uh, but they didn't know the potential of this new tech. Um, 
And so when we initially had some brainstorming discussions, you know, it was all about, uh, can we put Wi-Fi in the controller so we can, you know, place a Wi-Fi logo on it that we're a Wi-Fi thing. Imagine, you know, how good that would look with the box on the shelf with a little Wi-Fi label on it or the Bluetooth label. Well, can we have both, right? Yeah, it, and that, was it was a very, run, that was a running joke for a while, right? It's like, uh, does your toaster, is your toaster Wi-Fi enabled, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, Everything and, and, had and to be Wi-Fi enabled. Is your dog Wi-Fi enabled? Is it connected? Yeah. It, is your dog connected? Yeah. There's actually there's a, there's a, I'll throw out some uh, for um, there's a Twitter channel called Internet of Shit, which <laughs> <laughs> it's a great fun to follow. It's a cool. It's a, it's a funny dude. He posts all the different products that he finds that is just you know. Just has that somebody added Wi-Fi because they could, not because it had any purpose. <laughs> but anyway, so we were sitting in this brainstorming meeting and we were talking about all this. And I kind of, you know, felt like we, we need to take a, a different angle on this, right? Otherwise, we're just another one who slams a label on our product. Uh, so I said, you know, what is it your customers really want, right? That is the question we should be asking ourselves, you know. They want a green lawn. They don't want to pay a lot for watering. And they want to make sure they have an okay impact on the environment, right? That, that's what modern homeowners want, right? Can we build this smart controller that does that? Then we have something totally different to brand and market. You know, uh, you, and you said something really key there, and I just want to interject and let you go on, Eric. But you said, what do our customers want? Nobody knows that better than marketing where they have analytics, they have data, they have social media managers, they're, they're, they're measuring the pulse of their customer. And, and so you just made an argument where every marketer should be in that room when service product development happens. Okay? Yeah, yeah no, and so we, we help them sort of open their eyes for what the, at the time, the promise of, of IoT and, and data and analytics was this was you know five six years ago so it's it's you know the development moves so rapidly so we're in it we have totally different building blocks today just five six years later but at the time this was yeah let's think this way and so we actually got to build a first prototype uh, and we started instead of starting with the controller on what wi-fi module to put in we started sort of a top-down approach and we built them and a user experience in a mocked-up uh, application. So it was, it was a mock-up, it was a demo, but it was to show them more than you know a few beautiful slides, right? We built them a real demo that they could download and run on, on their app, uh, sorry, on their device, which was, again, remember, we're talking five, six years ago, things like Sketch and Figma and all these other tools that you can quickly, rapidly prototype user interface were just in their early days. So we built that and showed it, and, and they really liked it. And then for various reasons, uh, we didn't continue the full product development, but we left them with a couple of good pieces. We did a few more other work. But the funny thing is that uh, about a year and a half ago, a friend of mine bought the Rainbird system. Oh, sorry, now I outed the, uh, the company as well. But I guess you unveiled matter, right? the company. Tom, <laughs> that is quite we're, right. we're in marketing and branding, right? right? So let's give them some free, some free marketing. Rainbird.com. No, but... <laughs> joking aside so he bought the system and he was showing it to me and and i said yeah i know i got this app and i said yeah i know i know about that i used to work on that a couple of 
couple of years ago. And he said, no, no, take a look. So I opened the app on his phone. And the funny thing is that it's almost identical to the prototypes we built them five years ago. And so <laughs> it was very, it was very, no, it was very heartwarming, right? Because right. I think we all learned in that process. And, 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 you know, some of the stuff we made for them, they took, took with them in, in their continuing of their web development and their product development. So you look today, you know, they, they go on the webpage today, they're, they're pretty, pretty far along on, you know, thinking technology and brand sort of coexisting versus just technology products or branding these products and so on. It, it's more coming together. And, and that's where really, you know, I think it wasn't like tech changed their brand by no means, but it opened the eyes for a different approach, which, you know, they definitely embraced. You look at, you know, they're talking about smart, yeah. smart watering and, and so on. They're not talking about product XY7530B, right? Or do you want Bluetooth? <laughs> use the the other one right yeah so so i think definitely tech has changed their branding and marketing uh, that's a great story and you know i just realized something as we're going through our notes here is is we really juxtapose can you know can tech change brands and in that case i think tech is changing that brand rainbow a great rainbow is a great brand in that space in irrigation space right uh, can brands change text, vice versa, juxtaposing them too? But it really should be, it's really the chicken and the egg scenario more than anything because I just noticed this. You know, it's like, which is the chicken? Is it brands? And which is the egg? Which is tech? Or is brands, is tech the chicken and brands the egg? So what comes first? You know, in the case of our client, Property, Ma Property Masters, we did a full brand workshop and in there, in the workshop, her, their one main claim to fame, the one thing they really wanted to go rebrand themselves and go to market with was that they are concierge level service. They had to provide the best service in the industry. And it's, you know, just to give a brief understanding, they, they serve this uh, SFR real estate investment firms, uh, typically asset protection, and, and they deal with... Uh, renovating a single family residence or single family rental homes. So in that case, uh, what came out of that is this really cool green diamond portal that their clients can log into. And we're right in the midst of this pro uh, pro project and the product will be the green diamond service portal. Eric's knee deep in this. He's, he's helping us out with this, but when it's done, which will never be done probably, right, Eric? We're probably going to build on this for, for a long, long time. But, but it's a web-based... Yeah, that's, I, think, I think, just if I can just pause you for a second there, sure. you know, to all the listeners that maybe aren't, you know, doing tech development or uh, sort of web development or marketing tech development on a daily basis. I think one of the things I talk to a lot of my clients or uh, different boards I'm on an advisor on is that you have to start thinking that what you're building now is no longer a product that you build, ship, and put on a shelf and, you know, have three months of warranty and forget about. Everything is sort of organic, live material when you're coming to internet, portals, SaaS platforms and products and services. And uh, it's kind of things that live and and once you've launched it you know you gotta 
bunch of a backlog to continue working on. And, you know, I don't want to throw buzzwords around, but it started with the whole agile uh, development, but, and we don't need to go on that, but I think it's important for listeners who is not that close to tech, not that close to tech development lifecycle, that you, you got to start, stop thinking that, you know, you build tech and then you're done. That's not the case anymore. You build your first version and then life continues. Right. And, uh, and you got to have a plan for, for what happens after that. Otherwise, whatever you built becomes stale very quickly in this extremely rapid world of tech development. Right. So I, 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 uh, let, let me click, let me click on un, pause on Tom again. Adapt and thrive. You have to adapt and thrive. Yeah. Hey, nice. Segue. Yeah. I'm, I'm clicking yeah. unpause on you again now. Tom. <laughs> unpause. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you bring up a really good point in, in, and who better to direct those iterations of your of your product than the marketing department? Because because consumers' expectations are changing daily, and consumer um, uh, you know opinions changing daily, um, and, and we've got to stay current with with the current customer base and expectations. If you yeah. look at the the, the most advanced uh, websites and e-commerce sites out there, are extremely adaptive, right? to just what you were saying, they're adapting based on who is visiting them, when they're visiting them, what did they do last time? And it's all, all, all controlled by, you know, data, 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 collect data, and you can kind of build uh, AI, or, which is a buzzword, but the, the sort of the, the logic around controlling what you present to a person, right? Because ultimately what you want to get is, you know, you want to present the right thing at the right time for the person that, you know, needs to, to find either information or buy something or, or whatever it is, right? And the most advanced web page today, you know, they they look different for every single user at every single time they enter that site. And that's pretty amazing because as you said, you know, if you as marketer knows that things are changing constantly, you want the tech to match that up, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and just to put a loop on that, that property master's example, the green diamond service portal is, is that will be a, a place very soon where their customers can really experience, um, five-star customer service, really experience, uh, a higher level of service. Cause it's, they're going to pull all of their data there. They're going to look at their projects. They're going to be able to see images and, um, you know, we're just going to pull in data and it should be uh, a place where they live quite a bit other, other than calling somebody on the phone and leaving a message, you know, which is what's happening now. So, um, and what everybody else is doing. So it's, it should be a really uh, great um, brand asset for them eventually. Um, yeah. And I mean, we're building, we're building, you know, like their cust new customer experience for them. Right. And mm -hmm. that needs good branding and good marketing. On, on, and so it can be used in both directions. Right. And, and that's what we're trying to, to find that balance as we're developing that, that specific project. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's a great example of how a brand changed the tech versus the other ones. I feel like were tech changing the brands because yeah. It kind of started with this whole concept of like, how do we market that property masters is the premier um, service for, you know, that concierge level experience and it requires an advanced portal. And then we went to tech and now we have this portal being built. So it really can go both ways. A great example. 
yeah, as we're kind of getting to the end of our show here, I, I wanted I want to call out a few lessons that we can give to pass on to marketers because mo- that's our audience after all. I mean, there's some, maybe some tech folks, but but I, one key message, and I've been preaching this for a long, long time, that marketers need to be in the room when the technologists are designing or redesigning products. Um, really, they need to work together. And, and Kate, you alluded to that. Eric, you too. Um, and, and I've always said, Eric, you're kind of a, a closet marketer where um, maybe Kate's a closet technologist. <laughs> and I... Thank you, I don't Tom. have any is that a, Kate, Kate, is that a compliment he's giving us? Or so. how should we interpret that? I'm, I'm, I'm flattered. I would love to for people to think I'm a tech whiz. I can barely even like t- reset our our electricity when the power goes out. <laughs> my fiance is my fiance is probably listening. Like, yeah, no, that's not not a tech thing. But but so that's that's one key. The other key too is I think every marketer should be integrating tech into their brand or integrating their brand into technology. I mean, it's it's so seamless. It goes both ways, right? It's the chicken and the egg kind of scenario we talked about earlier. But how do you get your, how do you integrate your brand into tech? And, um, and, and I think we've seen a number of examples. And we gave the Uber one earlier. There's so many out there. Um, but, but if you're not bringing tech into your brand and really having it work together, I think you're, you're, you're missing out. You're, you're, you're just going to get left behind. Yeah. And I don't even think it matters what you offer. Like if you're listening and you have an e-commerce business or if you are a service company or no matter what it is, like there's this, the sunglass company that has this insane technology to virtually try them on. Like any product or service out there could be the next, could be the one to develop the next cool thing in tech. It doesn't even matter what you sell. Like you could just have a cool service that aligns with it. So I feel like it's like challenge yourself to think like, what could I design? How can I partner with a tech team or a person or a company and, you know, take my cool product to the next level? And, and I think, you know, the advice that I want to give the listeners, and, and it's kind of, you know, you've spoken about the chicken and the egg and silos. And, and you know, we see that in a lot in, in, in everything when it comes to businesses. Uh, it's, it's a human behavior to, you know, lock ourselves in rooms. But I think the key advice I would give if you want to start looking into this space and embrace more technology or vice versa is that invite the tech folks to the room or to the table and listen to them. Because just like the, the Rainbird example I gave, right? I wasn't there talking about which Wi-Fi module. I was talking about what, what technology could potentially do for them. And I think vice versa, right? Breaking the silo or, or you know, choosing which come first, the chicken or the egg. Tech people should invite marketers when they are just like you pointing out, Tom. Right? When they're designing, can we? Can we? I mean, this happens already in a lot of places that these these silos are broken down, and you know, you have a tech development team which has UX designers, testers, developers, architect in the same team meeting every day, right? But I don't think for the marketing agency world that that you guys live in that's as common as it is in you know you go to silicon valley and look at the tech dev companies or whatever over there right um so that would be the advice that i give invite people into your um 
conversation. It could be just, you know, we're rebuilding or rebranding this corporate site. We've, we, you know, we got this under control. We've always done this on WordPress. Invite some tech folks. Uh, maybe there are new ways of doing it. Maybe there are different ways that can, uh, you know, can meet what we talked about, can tech change brands, right? And vice versa, uh, tech folks out there might not be listening so much to this podcast, but don't be afraid to invite the people that are closer to the customers and closer to the users, as you said, uh, Tom, earlier. No, thank you. That will break the silos, and that will, and then it doesn't matter if the chicken or the egg come first because we'll have both, right? <laughs> we want both. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Can we do? We do, right? At least I have. Can't have one without the other. Yeah. 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 Because marketers have data, so if you're a tech person, go to your marketer because they've got data that you'll want to see before you build anything. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, or before you make decisions, right? Yeah. They, um, we're about to wrap up, so I won't start another story. But I can assure <laughs> you that from my 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 daily life, you know, uh, both sales and marketing are my key inputs to some of the uh, tech decisions I make for some of my clients. Because as you just pointed out, Kate, they sit on data, they sit on great knowledge, which makes it easier to make tech decisions. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, Eric. Thank you, guys. It's been great to join this podcast. It's been fun. All right. We'll have you on What's again in, in, uh, in a few more episodes and kind of see where, you know, where we're at, where we came from. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Adapt and Thrive. We will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Adapt and Thrive, a survival guide for the modern marketer. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and drop a comment on what topics you'd like to hear in future episodes. Good luck out there, marketers. Until next time.